Hey, welcome to Conversations in the Round. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm joined by Dr. Tammy Smith and Pastor Lisa and Pastor Chris on my right. We'll introduce our guests a little bit more in a few seconds. Uh, we're going to talk about mental health today, um, a far-reaching uh, subject, lots of different ways it manifests, manifests itself in our lives, in our communities, uh, with our friends, neighbors, whatever it is, um, important to get into. It's at critical levels, maybe in large part because of the pandemic. And so we want to really get involved in that, help equip you a little bit, um, give you some frameworks to uh, process it and uh, get to work on this very important subject. Before we do that, I wanted to uh, foreshadow a little bit what's coming with regard to our uh, small groups study. Uh, we're going to kick off a new book. Uh, largely because you asked for it. We just finished doing Rooted, and we thought, well, we'll take a break. But most of our groups, if not all of them, super excited about how impactful that first study was, and, and, and honestly, even beyond the content. Uh, I was thrilled to hear that in the middle of this, you know, all that we've been through, and how difficult it is to connect, how much community was happening through that all church study of Rooted. And so we thought as quickly as we can roll back into another one, maybe it's a good idea. And the resounding um, voice of those that were involved was let's do it again as quick as we can. So we're doing a book called Bless. It is really the origin of what you might be familiar with around Vista, this thing called Bless 10. It's really a tool by which you can build relationships with other people and eventually share your story and the story of Christ. We're gonna step through that book a chapter at a time um, over the next six weeks. But here's the thing, I need you to start reading right now because we're gonna start next Sunday with chapter two, which is uh, really answering this question, is this really gonna work and why? But I need you to read the introduction and chapter one before we get to that. And it's really big picture stuff. Uh, chapter one is an overview of the model itself, B-L-E-S-S. -S. Chapter one answers the question, why does sharing the good news feel so bad, <laughs> right? Uh, most evangelicals, most Christians have a sort of an anxiety about sharing their faith. And they do a really good job of sort of putting the context around why maybe that is the case and how to get around that and what the expectations of other people are. I think you'll find it really, really instructive. So try to knock out the introduction, try to knock out chapter one, and then this Sunday, we'll launch into chapter two and get going. Sound good? Okay, back to mental health. Um, Chris, how about if I turn it over to you and you introduce our wonderful guests? Would that be all right? Yeah, I can do that. I can definitely do that. Pastor Chris. I'll largely be asking them to introduce themselves. Uh, but like Mike mentioned, we have Dr. Tammy Smith over here to my left. Thanks for coming. Way off camera to your right, and Pastor uh, Lisa Travis. Um, if you guys would, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier uh, before we started recording that the folks that are beginning to watch this channel, are they go beyond just our immediate community. Mm -hmm. So the need for introductions is that much more important. Now, everybody who's been around Vista knows the value that you guys bring into the community. But I know there's somebody watching today that's like, who are these people? Mm -hmm. Why are they here? Why is their voice part of the mix? If you could just share a little bit about who you are, how God has called you, how God's using you, how you're leading 
you know, how you're serving people, that would be fantastic. Dr. Tammy Smith, if, if you want to start, I'll, I'll pass it to you. Sure, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, We're so yeah. glad you're so here. So glad to be here. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, basically a counselor for 29 years. Wow. Yeah, and so what that means is it has evolved into wow. a practice where I primarily see leaders, and a lot of those leaders are, most of those leaders are uh, in ministry. So those are yeah. pastors and influencers yeah. and that kind of thing. So that's yeah. the main thing you need to know about me in that regard. I mean, I, I was on the receiving end of that once upon a time. <laughs> it's a beautiful season in my life that I'll never forget. So thank you. Yeah, yeah that's so that's, that's enough for this space. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I get to also go around the country and have a lot of experience um, getting to interact with a lot of different yeah. folks in uh, church staffs and, you know, uh, college campuses. Yeah. And so that brings a lot of understanding as yeah. to how people are doing in all sorts of pockets of places. Yeah, that's so. been hugely helpful for me over the years, just yeah. having you engaged with different um, types of faith, different yeah. faith traditions, different denominations. Yeah. It's been, and the reason he's saying that's been helpful for me is because we're married. We're married, right? This and, is my first wife, Tammy. And uh, <laughs> 30 <laughs> years. 30 years this month. This month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone fast. It's right? kind of slow. No, it's gone fast. Do we want to do it? Do we want to no, say no, it? No, <laughs> we have a standard joke. It's just gone fast. Let's <laughs> like. 30 minutes. You know, it's been like 30 minutes. Underwater. underwater. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she's, so also written, she's also written a ton of books, yeah. lots of good books. Um, soul Healing, Soul Satisfaction, study guides go with it. Um, it's been really fun for me to watch that book just take off um, in different ways. I know it's, it's, I would suspect it's reached a tipping point to some degree. Um, but there's studies going on in the Mm -hmm. In the church, there's always somebody doing some studies. You've led some of those studies, haven't you, Lisa? Yes. Yeah, you've yes. led some of those. Soul healing. Soul healing. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, really, around the country, some in other other countries, it's been a pretty cool thing. It's pretty cool. Really, uh, it it. I remember when you wrote your first book. This was my perspective: was you would do your conferences, uh, out of which so much of your expertise comes out of your counseling practice, and then you roll that into conferencing, and so many people were looking for so much more. Like, how do I dig into this more? How do I do more? And it's like, how do you answer those questions? And I was a huge monumental task for you to write your first book, but I know that you answered that question. Like, people have gotten hold of that and been able to take that content and drive it into places that they couldn't without that kind of ability to just kind of get your hands on it and dig into it. It's been amazing. Yeah. And in, in, in case you're wondering, we will make sure that you uh, that we share the actual website and places in which you can access these resources. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we'll also have that listed out here on the video as well as our communications that come out of this space. Yeah. So uh, if you're wondering about that, we will definitely answer that question here before we, we close yeah. out today. Personally, it's just been fun to watch how God used it. Yeah. yeah. So, Pastor, Pastor Lisa. Lisa. Yes. Um, your, your story is fascinating to me. Uh, because it goes beyond just the immediate context of what we're talking about. You actually come out of the marketplace, and I've had the privilege of kind of knowing a part of your journey, but being alongside you and watching you as you've journeyed, because I come out of the marketplace too, so there's some similarities. Could you talk a little bit about how you started there and how it's led to where you're at and how you've heard God speak to you and call you to yeah, lead and serve sure. uh, our community? Yeah, so my name is Lisa Travis. I'm a pastor here at Vista. I've been here for seven years, but 
Uh, before that, I stayed home for a number of years raising my children, which I loved, but before that in the field of pharmacy. So practiced pharmacy and planned to go back to that when the kids uh, were, were, we were empty nesters, mm -hmm. um, but God had different plans. And I remember so, that time where you yes. were like, am I, which way, what, what, <laughs> what am, am I going to do? I yeah. really thought I had a plan, but God had different plans. And so that's where I began the journey here on staff and then now pastor of life support, which really is a part of caring for people, part of equipping and mm -hmm. helping other people come alongside each other yeah. to help one another with people who have been through similar circumstances. Yeah. Um, I think it's also resources, providing and connecting people to resources if, if there's a need there. Yeah. So I've really enjoyed it. <clears throat> it's not where I thought that I would be at right. this point <laughs> in my life, <laughs> but definitely it's something that I feel like that God has called me to do. For so, sure. I can, yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. Mm -hmm. You're particularly gifted in pastoring, care about people. Um, you've been committed to your own spiritual growth in ways that's enviable in some ways. Um, you're really great at what, what you do here. Yeah, Thanks, it's, a, it's a privilege to have you be part of our team for Definitely sure. Definitely God. I can, yeah. I can amen that for sure. Yeah. Me too. Did the mental health question, did that, was that part of your marketplace experience working in pharma or is it just kind of a category in the midst of what you're doing or, or was it something a little more heavier and was that one of your started your journey this, in this direction? The, the mental health component is a part of what I'm doing here, but my background, I'm comfortable with discussing it, you know, with the mm -hmm. background that I have, and I had some, some rotations early on in mm -hmm. mental health, so yeah. I feel okay. comfortable having yeah. that discussion, and yeah, so that's the background. When you just introduced yourself, did you mention, did you mention the support line that you've done? No, I didn't, so the past 10 years, I volunteered at the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is uh, downtown Columbus on mm -hmm. North High Street. And that's just been an um, amazing gift to me yeah. um, to be on the line with people yeah. in those circumstances and whatever right. it is that's brought them to that. I, you know, I just have a heart for it mm -hmm. and um, a level of compassion for them. And so to see how God can use that, just those moments on the phone right. Um, right. has really been amazing. Yeah. So. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I think that, that, that experience, bringing that into the mix, mm -hmm. would be helpful on all sorts of levels, one of which is I think you probably understand better because of that how helpful someone can be yes. in simple ways. I mean, there's a lot of complexity involved with mental health, but when you're on the phone with someone, there's not a ton you can do except for some very simple things, which can be extremely helpful. I think a lot of people just back away from, well, difficulty in many cases. But when you start talking about mental health, don't you find that people immediately start thinking, well, I'm disqualified. I can't, I can't possibly sure, right. help out here, right. right? And you've experienced, mm -hmm. no, you really can be yeah. helpful as a normal person. I think that's been, uh, what I've seen is that I've been able to carry out the, just through the experience on the hotline, as well as through the training of people just asking outside of there. I've had a lot of different people in my life, in the church, call and say, hey, this is going on in my life, uh, someone in my life, what am I supposed to do? And yeah. it, it's very much from a lay person's yeah. perspective. It's not from the professional perspective, but yeah. it can be a point of, of driving uh, conversation yeah. and help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really thankful for that. Just want to throw in a thought. Um, the the reason why I said, and, and both of you, your stories, at least my perception of them, and having the privilege of kind of see them 
play out in some small measure over the last several years. Um, for, for you, Lisa, the, the parallel I feel is that you're a person who has just continued to say yes mm -hmm. to God's prompting. You've allowed God to be this light unto your feet, unto your path, and you just keep walking. And it keeps culminating in this deeper and more meaningful service mm -hmm. to the people of God and also our reach as the people of God. And then uh, I would say in the same space but along a different pathway, um, this, has, this arena, if I could put it that way, has been an area of intentional professional focus for you. But what's great is, this is just my perception, the sainthood of all believers, if I could bring in a theological thing here, is extremely important to me. I, I deeply believe in that. Um, and, and to see uh, different representations of that serving in different spaces but having the same collective mm -hmm. impact on the community mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. Like it's so inspiring, it's so humbling mm -hmm. and convicting at times, honestly, just to watch it mm -hmm. happen. And I know that uh, that's not maybe something you look in the mirror and like, yeah, I follow Jesus really well. <laughs> but it's seen and it's known yeah. and it's appreciated and God yeah. speaks through it. So I just mm -hmm. really want to just call that out and that's recognize awesome. it. But, mm -hmm. Did you have a, a, another, like a question no, you want to start no, no. with? But. Well, the question I think we, we need to answer to start things off is, okay, what are we going to accomplish? Like, what are we aiming at today? In your mind, Tammy, what, what, if, if at the end of the hour we've done it, <laughs> what, would, what would you hope that people would walk away with today for conversation here? Well, a sense of um, understanding what has come their way for the last year and a half, mm -hmm. uh, that they're not alone in how they're doing, mm -hmm. and some sense of how to go forward from here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lisa, what would be success today for you? Yeah, um, giving people the permission to say, mm. I'm not okay, mm. and to feel that the church is a safe place mm -hmm. to get help, to have mm -hmm. conversations, mm -hmm. to tell other people about it, and um, if we can do that, mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. I feel personally like I, I could use some frameworks for what mental health is, uh, who it affects, who it affects the most, mm -hmm. and then how I can most effectively help someone. Right? I have some idea of how to help different types of stuff. And what, yeah. You know, what do you think? I, personally, that's kind of a, I have a similar goal. Um, the, the sense of understanding is huge because there's from the outside looking in, that's not quite what I mean, but when I think about this world of mental health and how it so aggressively seems to be changing, mm -hmm. we're not talking about new things, but why do they feel so aggressively new right mm -hmm. now? It feels a little bit overwhelming. Um, just by virtue of being a minister in this city, that question does come my way. I know it comes your way. Mm -hmm. It comes, obviously it comes your way. Mm -hmm. There's a certain sense of responsibility there. Like, I don't want to mishandle this. I don't want to be inappropriate with this. I don't want to make assumptions about this. So the understanding piece is huge mm -hmm. to me. Um, that, that affirmation that you are not alone, mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the heartbeats of the gospel. Yeah. You know, and that's so important. Uh, and the permission piece, I think, is huge. Um, there's a stigma. There's a taboo attached to this being able to freely admit our brokenness, our need, our desperation, all these types of things. Um, and to be able to trust the church, uh, broadly speaking, as a safe place to be transparent and vulnerable in that way, 
we have a, a lot of work to do in that, and we recognize that. Mm -hmm. So having your voices and your insight and your expertise speaking into that is part of, I think, what, what yep. helps to build our pathway forward. If we're yeah. going to serve well, yeah. so all of that, if we yeah. could accomplish so it. So where are great. we? Where are we with mental health? What's going on? What's the context? What's the, what have you seen? What, like, give, what's, what's it? That's where we want to start, right? Is that a good place to start? You like that? So uh, over and over again, the through line from this year is that the pandemic has affected you. The pandemic has affected everybody. Whether you know it or not, whether you've been able to figure out how it's affected you or not, it's affected you. And I think that that is a, a place everybody needs to get to. Because some people are like, well, we're doing fine. I made it, we've made it through. We've, we've, I still have a job. Our family's still intact. We still have enough money. We're doing fine. And so I'm kind of fine. And there's a reality too, but you've lost your edge. You're really, like when you think about it, you're pretty foggy. Mm. Like you, some growth that you had in some areas, you kind of slipped backwards. You, you don't have the patience you typically have had. You're just a little off in ways that you haven't been. Have you been paying attention to those gradations of yourself? Because we're all, it's affected us because there's been a level of these kinds of things that we haven't normally trafficked with in our life. They're in closer. That's what's different. That's mm -hmm. why we're all having to answer to it now, Chris, mm -hmm. is because mm -hmm. it, it came, things that we normally, are, they're out here and they're more circumstantial. They're more uh, standalone uh, events they became sort of everyday occurrences and they were more in our face, more oppressive. Things like grief, because we face losses every day during the pandemic. Things like anxiety, because there was uncertainty and unknown every day. And things were changing and destabilization every day. Messages that we were getting every day. So there, there was a sense of these things were coming at us. And so there was more anxiety, things like grief, Things like, uh, I've got anger and I never was a person that struggled with anger. What is that about? Yeah. Right? So there's a certain sense in which everyone needs to know, like, you're dealing with some emotional ways of being, some emotional ways of functioning that have been different. It's coming close yeah. for you. So do Nobody's been exempt. That's the point. Yeah. So do people, is it fair to say... My view is that everybody knows this pandemic has affected him. Like everybody I talk to is like, this is, I'm, I'm upside down on my family's, you know. But what you, do you mean to say that we have been affected in particular ways that we're unaware of? That we're, uh, what I mean to say is if we go the next step from do you know you've been affected? Yeah. Do you know how? And do you understand that unless you know how and you, and you know how to identify it, you're probably, this is critical, misassigning and misinterpreting. Okay, so... You're probably misassigning it. And therefore, then probably making mistakes as yeah. to what you're doing. Yeah. So everybody... Maybe this is a broad generalization. Lisa, would you agree with this? Everybody feels like they know that this has impacted them. Well, I think that that's what the hope is. And if they don't, that's what I hope this is helpful to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to, to stop long enough to know, like, yeah, okay. how has this impacted me? Because I think her pause is maybe to, to yeah. you're making an assumption everybody knows. <laughs> I think her pause is, I don't know, they're kind of just really mad at their spouse. Okay. They're yeah. kind of just really yeah. like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's him. 
I guess I'm speaking very generally, and I'm trying to just nail down that what you're saying is there are some specific ways you need to be aware of that you have been, that you're hurting as a result of the pandemic. Could be mental, could be spiritual, could be emotional. But if you're just living in this, I've been, oh yeah, I've been generally affected. That's not going to... It's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. We need to know more specifically Mm -hmm. how it's affected us. Maybe not everybody knows it's affected them. But what you're saying, more importantly than a general understanding that you know you've been affected, is some specificity about that. Because if you don't know that, you're probably going to do worse or hurt somebody else or not help yourself. We need some specificity is what you're saying about how it's affected us. And the reason for that is so we don't misassign it, so that we don't misinterpret it, because that's where the damage comes. Because if you misassign it or misinterpret it, what happens? Uh, You end up blaming people and blaming institutions, and it comes out sideways in ways where you do damage or you break off relationship or you... Gotcha. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that's not going to solve the okay. problem. You try to you're solve actually, it. You're actually grieving because of the now powerlessness that you feel. You're actually yeah. angry because of the injustice that okay. you, you're right. facing right. that you've never faced before. You're actually anxious because of the uncertainty and the destabilization that's never been a part of your life before. And if you're just like, and... Okay. I am furious with my family member because of our mask fight. We're fighting about masks. I'm so furious. Mm-hmm. So now we have this family break... Yeah. Is it really solving what's going on? Is it really solving that I don't know how to grieve? Okay, right. Am I really dealing with my grief? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You're trying to solve this thing. People were trying to solve it. Something's happened, and we're trying to solve it, but our solutions either aren't working or they're just wrong because they're not rooted in what's really happening. And they're causing damage that's actually causing further damage. Mm -hmm. which I think we've seen all throughout this year in many of the other things that have been going on in our society. Yeah, there's a lot of grief that I don't think people would assign as grief. Right. Mm -hmm. Because just because you may not have lost a loved one through this, Mm. there's other losses. Mm -hmm. And that triggers grief. Mm -hmm. And so I think to be able to name it, to say, Mm -hmm. oh, that's why you know, my temper is short. That, that's what that is. It's related to the grief that I've experienced over this time. They just, maybe we're just not naming it what it is. So you've been impacted in certain ways by the pandemic, but you don't probably know exactly how. And because of that, it's working itself back out in unhealthy ways, or you're trying to solve it in, in ways that aren't going to solve it. So it's impacting us in very specific ways. And we're talking particularly about mental health, right? Um, If you don't want to go here, like, does anybody know where this thing's going to go exactly from here? I I just asked some questions about that, but what? You know what, is this a good point to share, just to kind of give an idea that this really is going on? absolutely. Is to look, we uh, polled our leaders, and I know that's just a sample of what the church would look like. It was just easier to to Mm -hmm. ask our leaders. And I just want to give an example of what it looks like right now. We had, uh, of those that responded, 51% feeling anxious or nervous, uh, 38%. This is our uh, leadership community. This is our leadership, yes. Uh, 38% unable to control or stop worrying. 73% trouble relaxing. 68% easily annoyed, irritable. Uh, 55% feeling down, depressed, uh, hopeless. 62% sleeping less or too much. 60% feeling tired, no energy. And let's see one more. I want to make sure we go over 8% thoughts that they would be better off dead or hurting yourself in some way. 
Mm. Um, this and these is are real. Our leaders. And these are our leaders, which would be indicative of our mm -hmm. church body, sure. of our community, of our city. No one's exempt. No one's exempt. All of us. None of us are immune from this. This is yeah. this is impacting us so all. So think about if we took a moment and just had everyone stop and make a list of the things that you've lost this past year. From the smallest thing that you can think of to the biggest things. I think about the the kids. I mean, I read one thing. I don't remember where it was that was saying that our Gen Zs are the most impacted by the pandemic. And I Gen, think about... Oh, Gen, Gen Z. Z. Okay. Yeah. Right, the Gen Zs, which would be, what, our school age mm -hmm. uh, kids. And um, I think about those kindergartners that didn't go to kindergarten. I think about those fifth graders who didn't get their clap out. You know, they clap out the last yeah. day they leave school. Yeah, yeah. I think about those freshmen in high school that didn't get to go that first right, year. Yeah. Those yeah. seniors that didn't get to graduate. Uh -huh. Those seniors in college that didn't. Yeah, right. Just that's grief. That's loss. Yeah. These are. Th this is the point. These are all losses, and you don't have loss without grief. People think that they assign the word grief to death and dying for sure. But grief is the emotion that you have, the emotional responses you have over any loss, mm. the smallest losses mm. even. So it's a year filled with grief. Do people know how to grieve? Is our society one that leans into grieving? Mm. No. No. Right? And so have we been taught how to grieve? Have we been given permission how to grieve? Even in a year where people are much more willing to discuss mental health, health how much more have you personally heard the word grief not a whole lot really no right yeah when and you think about the word we're hearing the words mental health we're hearing the words anxiety we're hearing those more are we hearing the word grief more again we're still we're still fundamentally a culture that's like symptom relief symptom relief symptom relief rather than let's let's actually deal with the real thing that's going on mm-hmm I, I don't think this is something that can be over-stressed or over-highlighted or over-emphasized. Um, even just talking about uh, leadership or even let's just say pastoral leadership and the rates in which depression and self-harming thoughts escalated through 2020 and then to hear about a pastor who took their own life and then to hear of another one. It's not as if, as if pastoral suicide is a new thing, but to hear of a, an increasing rate around this and then our inability to recognize that we're grieving and that we don't have the tools to deal with a sense of loss. We don't even feel like we have the permission to admit that we're losing something because maybe that's weakness. And then meanwhile, you have a, a, a cultural lens that's telling you what you should be upset about, but isn't recognizing that you're personally grieving over something. And so we have, we have no, no way to engage this in a way that's healthy. And so w what recourse do we have other than to misassign or misinterpret mm. and then misunderstand and then it blows out the sides like it always does. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's almost like there was no option mm -hmm. other than to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And now we're having to deal with the realization of this is so wrong and broken. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, to say this is hard is... Yeah. Well, think about on a, on a base level, like, and I'd love to go into the neurochemistry of the brain, right? And I'm thinking about those kids that came, like the kindergartners. 
like even the idea of being like in a mall and bumping into another human or being like in a subway station or being like in a crowded room where there's like people yelling next to you, you realize they're losing, like they haven't had the capacity to develop those kinds of things. Are you with me? Like the normal human milieu, like they're losing that fundamental capability in their developmental process, right? Okay, not to mention those kinds of things, right? Um, but when you think about the, the unconscious message being given us fed us in and in, in being in our neuroplasticity, in our neural pathways for an entire, over a year now. People are a threat. People are a threat. Humans are a threat. Right. You're going to get sick if you get back to another. Don't go near the yeah. humans. Yeah, keep right? your it's not distance. What we're, it's, not, it's not the overt message, but it's the covert message, and it's going in. Right? And so tell me what that's doing to our psyches. Tell me what that's doing. Because it's clanging up against our intrinsic human need for I want to touch you, I want to be loved, I want to give love, I want to receive love. Those needs aren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. But they're coming up against a very strong cultural and even like, you know, the, the times in which you're with groups of people this past year where it's like, don't, don't touch me. You can feel it. Right? So yeah. what's happening in those spaces is we are coming face to face with like a, I, I don't know what to do. And we're left with ourselves. Mm. What's so bad about that? That's where the suicidality and stuff starts to creep in, which is I am having a level of alone, aloneness. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. you're left alone, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have had some questions that we asked, um, that we asked leaders to share with us, and one of them has to do with aloneness, we can talk about it in a bit. But that's a very dangerous and scary yeah. place to be. So we should get to these questions. We're almost 30 minutes in yeah, already. Yeah, we should take a quick break. Let's take a quick break. And we've got to get into these questions. Yeah, we gotta get into the questions huge. for the last part of it. Can I ask one more question before we take a break? I want, I want some framework. Um, what is mental health? Mental health? Yeah, what is mental health? Is it different from spiritual health? Is it different from emotional health? Mm -hmm. What, can you just quick, quick, yeah, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> quickly. What, what is mental health? What, what? Well, one of our, yeah, one of our uh, questions from our folks was the difference between emotional health yeah. and spiritual health. Yeah. And so emotional health has to do with knowing one's own internal world. Okay. So things like your emotions, your fears, your secrets, your dreams, your joys. Um, the ways and the things that juice you, the things that excite you. The knowing things. yourself. Mm -hmm. Mental health is knowing yourself. A and being able to appropriately find ways in which to express that, to nurture the things that need huh. nurtured, okay. to find the safe and appropriate places to meet the needs for where fears get expressed, where they don't get hidden inside, okay. right? To mm. appropriate yeah. places for expression. That's mental health. That's part of mental health. Mm -hmm. Emotional health, right. Oh, that's emotional. Sorry, mm -hmm. that's emotional. Mm -hmm. Knowing yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. And spiritual health has to do with being able to assess uh, the foundation of do you know God? How is your faith muscle in terms of uh, your foundation of uh, appropriating the truths of God in your daily life? Understanding uh, mm -hmm. whether you can pull those into uh, your self-awareness in terms of who you are, how you're walking about on this planet, how you're infusing the truths of God into your daily yeah. existence. Yeah. What's mental health? Mental health has to do with the intellectual capability to assess your emotional health and the oh. intellectual capability to do a proper uh, assessment of the rest of yourself. Has nothing to do with intelligence, mental health, or does it? Intelligence, That's the it. mind, it's different, mm -hmm. different, okay. 
Yeah, you can be really smart and be very mentally unhealthy. Yeah, or emotionally yeah. or spiritually. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can be, I mean, we can talk about this. You can be very spiritually, excuse me. Spiritual. You can be very spiritual and mentally unhealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can hide your mental unhealthness behind your spirituality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People do that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lisa, do you have anything to add to that distinction? Difference, no, I think difference between good. mental health, um, spiritual health, spiritual health, and emotional. Um, and things like this again, just def- def- definition. We'll take a break. Things like anxiety, mental health, or emotional health. The distinction doesn't matter for our purposes of our discussion okay. today. That's helpful. Depression, discouragement. It's more under emotional health, yep. uh, but doesn't matter for our purposes of our discussion today. That distinction is too fine of a distinction for us today. Mental, it, health, it, mental it, and emotional health is fine. Okay, okay, that's helpful. So emotional health, mental health, all today, kind of the same. Fine. Okay, mm-hmm. that's super helpful. Mm. That's where we're headed. Mm. Um, so we're going to take a quick breather, get a drink of water. Uh, let our production team take a little little break. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because apparently they need one. And we'll be right back, and we'll talk about some of the questions you've asked, and let um, let uh, Dr. Tammy, Pastor Lisa, answer those, and Chris will, and I will learn. See you in a minute. All right. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Um, glad you're still with us. We're talking about mental health with Dr. Tammy Smith, Pastor Lisa Travis. This is Chris on my right. Um, before we dive into some of the questions that many of our uh, leaders have asked, I wanted to turn back to Dr. Tammy and Pastor Lisa and ask them, um, go back through the last 30 minutes. What do you want to clarify? What do you want to say that didn't get said? Let's, um, let's hear from you guys on that. What, what, do you, what do you think? Like, how'd you feel about the first 30 minutes? And how would, Tell me you, you go first. What would you like oh, to say? Oh, I was gonna say you go first. You saw <laughs> me do that. <laughs> Uh, just making sure that everybody knows that no one's immune. We are all susceptible. We all have struggled through this. Um, and just because the pandemic's over, it is not over. Mm. So I think that's important mm-hmm. that we recognize that I know the pandemic's not over, but you know, it's things are starting down, to open right, up. Yeah, right. That doesn't mean that everything goes back to normal and we're okay. Yeah. And we have to take time to name it, to acknowledge it, and to address it. Well, mm. and what I found mm. now is that many people were in survival mode, because a lot of us have survival stuff in our past, particularly people that have been through trauma or difficulty before. So their survival stuff kicks in. Mm. So we've been in a survival. Mm. And so now that things are coming back to normal, that is abating a bit and now we're actually doing worse than we've been doing in the last year now. Hmm. I'm finding that a lot of people are doing worse now. The weather's getting nicer, the people aren't as needy around them, they're, they're, and they're able to finally like, oh, I'm, I'm finding all these feelings coming oh. forward. So, uh, One of the things I wanted to address is uh, the definition of spiritual health that I gave wasn't so great. It's the capacity to address the condition of one's faith on a regular basis, to be able to accurately assess it and address it. That's the yeah. definition of? Spiritual Spiritual health. health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just accurately assess yeah. the condition of one's faith on yeah. a regular basis. That's true. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Is it a fair description of, not that definition, but what you just said prior to that about this, this unfolding realization that things aren't, aren't working quite right? Is, is it this, 
uh, I like the way you phrased it, that the pandemic's over, but it's not over. Mm -hmm. It was something like that. Is it, is it because the ripple effects of what happened and what we experienced, they're, they're just now really beginning to unfold and we're just now beginning to really see we're still in the middle of the ripple effects of what happened and we're, we're unable to define what it is. We just know that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Is it that type of a thing? And so because there's a ripple effect, is, it, is part of this process embracing the reality that, oh my gosh, we're still in the middle of something really significant and emotionally seismic in our lives? And yes. just, just to, even if you don't want to admit it fully, just, just to go through the, the exercise of saying, like you were saying earlier, no, I am impacted by this, oh, and yeah. maybe I don't even recognize how. Yeah, you're going to do better to put those clothes on than to put them in the closet and think that they're done because they're not. And, and it, we're all different. People are all different. So for some people, it's going to be more just like the residue. For other people, it's going to be I've been in this trauma you know, sort of survival mode, and now I'm going to start to feel and be a lot different than I've been because I'm feeling the full effects. And for other people, it's going to be, oh, now is when I have to retrain myself that people are actually safe and I can move towards them. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a rule follower, so I've been like, you know, the, the people right. are, you know, the unconscious, you know, people are a threat thing. So, yeah, mm. it's going to be better for you to realize, uh, this is going to take a while for me to. The other thing is many people are internal processors and they're slow processors just by nature of who God made them to be. And so, you know, you'll have a conversation with them. I had one friend that's like, okay, you have a serious conversation and you have to wait for a month <laughs> until mm. you actually know what she thought about that conversation. That's mm. how slow of a processor she is. Mm. So think about people that have, you know, gone through something major. It's gonna be a while before it actually hits them. That's just the way some people process, so. Mm -hmm. Can I ask one more question? This, this is me just asking a personal question. Um, maybe uh, a little after the Thanksgiving season of last year is when I, I started to come to terms with, wait a second, there's something wrong. Hmm. I, I'm not dealing with something. I'm, yeah. I was just beginning to recognize yeah. it. Um, and my experience with that, though it's an ongoing process for sure, is uh, my, my energy, if I could put it that way, yeah. actually increased as a result of the recognition. Come on. So w what That's is it. that? Can you yes. kind of unpack what that is? Yes, yes. Okay, so the easiest way, and this is too broad of a, a picture, but it's helpful. So just take the picture for what it's worth. The easiest way to encapsulate that is, it's like holding a beach ball underwater. When we are not acknowledging something in our reality, well, there's a part of our unconscious that's holding it. Our unconscious is holding it. And so when it's not being in our conscious, our unconscious is holding it, but it's like having to hold it like a beach ball underwater. Do you know how much energy it takes to hold a beach ball underwater? Mm. A great deal. So the minute we let it you know, sort of come out to our consciousness, consciousness, literally, it is like, oh, I immediately have more energy. Now, even if it's something painful, that is true. Mm -hmm. That is true. Mm -hmm. If you've been holding a secret for years and years and years, People think, oh, I'm going to die when that secret comes out. They really believe that, that I'm going to die when that secret comes out. And so the idea of letting that secret out is the most terrifying thing in their lives. But they do find when they can finally get there in the presence of God and a safe person, trusting God and trusting what he says, that what's in the dark grows and what's in the light shrinks, essentially. And they get it out. 
one of the things I always find they're shocked at. I have more energy than I ever, ever have had in my life before. <laughs> so, mm. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've experienced Does this connect that. back to what you said, Lisa, about um, people being unaware of what's going on? And you, I guess you too, Tammy, you were saying that. And, but, but something is going on, right? Mm -hmm. We have had loss, we have had hurts. In a sense, I almost feel like you can connect those two together mm -hmm. and say, yeah. we're holding a beach ball underwater with some of the losses and damages and yep. different things that, were, that are affecting us, which affects our mental health. Like it's yes. not, it, mental health is almost the secondary of something else. Like you don't deal like with mental health. We're mentally unhealthy because of either we're not aware of things or we're holding things under and it kind of ends up in a mental health condition. Maybe that's obvious for everybody, but I was just it wasn't to me. put that together. I, I that, you, you got to deal with what's underwater. Yes, and when you look at the, stati the statistics that we just showed about our leaders, which are indicative of all of us, um, you know, and now that the pandemic, things are opening up. People think, oh, I'm going to go back to normal. I'm going to fill my schedule with the way we used to do things. Everything's going to be normal. You know, mm -hmm. everything's good. You know, okay, so we see these statistics. We can't just ignore them and think, oh, that's all going to go away and we're going to feel better immediately. Mm -hmm. We have to look at it and we have to, to have introspective stop long yeah. enough. Yeah. Just stop. So yeah. here's what I'm going to say. Otherwise, beach balls are going to be flying up out of the water <laughs> everywhere. Really. I mean, well, it's just going to be gonna a say. We're all different because of what we've been through. It we've, could be a minor. We've all changed. We've all changed. Mm -hmm. It could be a minor change or it could be a significant change. But because of what we've all been through, we've had to live through, no, not, not because of our particular experience of uh, COVID or not, not because our particular experience of working at home. It has to do with living in uncertainty for a prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. That is what we have been through. Mm -hmm. The human condition, that's the worst place for us, is living in the unknown mm -hmm. and what it does to our, even our uh, biology. Mm -hmm. So we're different. We better be asking ourselves, how am I different? And oh, okay, so what tools do I now need for how I'm going to go forward? Mm. Not, Okay, how quick can I just get back to being good old me, the mm -hmm. person I was before this? Mm -hmm. You're changed. It'd be really smart for you to grieve the fact that I'm not going to be able to go back to who I was before. That bumps me out because I really dug who I was before totally. Okay, how am I different? Am I a little different? Or am I like, I'm like a lot different. Mm. it. Or I'm just a little different. Mm. So I just need a little tool, a little adjustment. Mm -hmm. Or I need a big adjustment. Mm -hmm. That's hugely helpful to anyone listening right now, is to think, I'm different. Mm -hmm. What kind of adjustment do I need to make mm -hmm. now? I, I think you've both called out maybe, for me, it's, it's, it's a chart of what's true and what's a lie. And once you recognize a lie, you've got to tear it down and replace it with what's actually mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the most powerful lies that I've heard reiterated over and over again, and it, it, it came out of my own heart and mind for a season, was this, I've got to get back to normal, you know, fill in the blank, whatever that is. And this, this really kind of this deep desire to deny the reality that what is normal is gone. It's permanently gone. 
And then the grieving that tri- that's triggered by the realizing this thing is, I can't get it back, but I so desperately want to get back to it. Mm-hmm. And, and flavors of that have just kind of erupted everywhere. I mean, the whole, I got to get back to my schedule and fill it up. You're completely skipping the recognition that what you're striving to get control of again, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting your hands around that because it's, it's gone. Mm. What do you, you have to deal with it. Mm. You know, yeah, or, know, or the, yeah. the, the lack of dealing with it is going to start dealing with you yep. is what happens. Yeah. And I know for me personally, I just don't want to miss what it is God was trying to teach me in the middle of this. Because mm. to me, it was, it's been painful. Mm. And I think, okay, God, you know, it's in the suffering that we, that we say, okay, we're, we're closer, we're listening. And, and I have been, and I think, what are you showing me? Mm. What is it that I need to not go back to? What is it that I need to replace that with? Or maybe it's nothing, maybe it is rest. But really stepping back and just taking the time to listen mm-hmm. and to say, God, what, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. I mean, he knew this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. He's sovereign, we believe that. Mm-hmm. So what's the purpose in it? Mm. How's he using it? Mm-hmm. That's good. There was an Oswald Chambers quote that I came across at the outset of the pandemic that was actually in our 40 days Skazera devotional. And it had to do with God doesn't give us uh, trials to teach us something. He gives us them to unlearn, help us unlearn something. Mm, and it was good. like, Whoa. that was like the first week of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. unlearn. Unlearn. Uh-huh. And many people that I got to share that with were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What does he want us to unlearn? And I've been thinking about that. A yeah, lot. we've been doing the some serious on learning. Weeks, mm-hmm. as people have been like, "Yeah, put that kid's soccer back in there. Yeah, yeah. put that, put that meeting say, back in there. We yeah, yeah. Learn yeah. let's meet every week again. Yeah, when, when, when can we have those five church meetings again?" And I'm like, "Did we, did we unlearn anything?" Yeah, I'm the, serious. This sense of control too, um, or a sense of lack of control. I've heard people say, "Boy, I really wish that." we didn't have to go back into this frenzied life again. And I'm like, who is driving that? Why do you have to go back into that? Mm-hmm. Did we not learn something? It's like, what do we, we have a, <laughs> a pandemic every seven years just okay, so we so can I'm all gonna, rest? Okay, so I'm gonna jump, uh, it's kind of uh, one of the questions that came up, I'm gonna piggyback off that. Yeah. So you're talking about a control, so one of the, th- one of the definitions, there's multiple definitions that you can use of anxiety, is that anxiety signals an uncertain goal. Anxiety signals? Uncertainty in whether you'll have your goal met, an uncertain mm-hmm. goal. So if there's a goal out there and you don't know if it's gonna be met, mm-hmm. you're gonna have, the anxiety is gonna be the result. Mm-hmm. That starts to stress me out. Right? Yeah, okay. uncertain, yeah. So, so think about it. So everybody knows there's so much anxiety going on right now. And you think about this lack of control, like my schedule's filling up again. My schedule's filling up again. I'm becoming so anxious and my schedule filling up again. I think it's an uncertainty in your goal. What's your goal? Is, do you believe that you have control over your schedule or not? Your goal is uncertain. Do I want to be a person that has the schedule filled up or do I want to be a person that is actually in control of my own life, my own schedule, not beholden to what the society tells hmm. me I have to do and be? Hmm. That's good. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's have a logistical conversation real quick. 
We have 12 questions. Some of them have been answered. Some of them haven't. Mm -hmm. um, we've got at least 20 minutes to 25 minutes left. How should, how should we attack these questions? Uh, Tammy, Lisa, do you guys want to look at them and prioritize them? Do you just want to cherry pick them, Lisa? Do you see one you want to just kind of crank straight through them? How should we do this? Let's crank straight through them. Crank straight through them. And here's the other thing I want to suggest. If we start pressing our time, why don't we take another break and create another segment that we can put out at another time, you know, or at another sure, channel or something that. like that. You know, let's just break it up if we or need to. Or cranking might work. Let's crank. Or, yeah, let's, <clears throat> let's crank it out. Lisa, how about if you take the helm and start cranking us through questions? Okay. Among all your gifts, cranking is definitely one of them. I've seen, okay. I've seen you crank. <laughs> it's been called other things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's stay with okay. crank. <laughs> okay, so the first question we had, which is, which is so awesome. huge. <laughs> Sorry about that. That okay. was awesome, Lisa. Um, okay, so we'll get us back. Um, the first question, this, this was sent in from one of the leaders. Okay, life can be lonely. Mm -hmm. I know that God is with me, but life still feels lonely at times. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I thought that was great. Oh, yeah. And, and I'll just feel yeah, it if yeah, you don't mind. Yeah, we're basically counting on you to answer all these basically, questions. Basically, <laughs> uh, there's what's called existential loneliness, that, there, that it's part of the uh, human condition that no one can actually really ever know you fully. You know, no one knows the latest thought that just sprinted through your mind right now. Right. No one can ever know that. You and yeah. I have been married for 30 years, and oh my gosh, right? Yeah. I, we have still yeah. a very tough time figuring out what the other person's thinking. Yeah. Th that's part of the human condition is existential loneliness. That is, that, is not, that is not that the people in your life don't love you well. That is not that you are not um, accompanied by a God who is with you. That is what it is to be a human being. To be a little lonely? Is that a fair way to put it? To be a little lonely? To have a sense of, I nope. am the only one. Who really knows who this Who really one. knows that I think this. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing that is wrong or bad about that. It is something to be reckoned with. But here's what's great, is that you are a soul, you are a spirit more than you are this physical person. And that is the place that God meets you. And that is the place that you can be known. Amen. And that is the place that God can meet So you. happy you went there. Yeah. Love it. Why? Uh, I totally, I, I've never heard that definition or that phrasing, the existential loneliness, but I, I understand what you're saying. Surprisingly, I totally understand what you're saying. But, but for you to transition that into the spiritual realm where we are known and seen fully mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. God and he calls you son or daughter, mm -hmm. dearly beloved. Mm -hmm. There's such a deep opportunity for gospel-driven faith in that moment mm -hmm. to, to receive the truth, the deep truth that God created you and knows you and loves you. Fully, it's, completely. It's, it's enormous. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, I know there's a human limitation to how fully yeah, we can it. grasp that, but that truth it was such a big deal for me in 2020 that the Lord brought me to John 17 repeatedly, whether it was my time in Scripture or the voices of others, to remind me, I'm a dearly beloved son. Mm -hmm. Of all the other things I want to tell myself I was, but to, to be reminded, mm -hmm. you're my son. Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm -hmm. And so I, huge. Yeah, so for anybody that, and especially the question to ask her, I'm so thankful for whoever sent this question. Um, I would just say, 
read Psalm 139 over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, Lord, you search me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise and on and on. That the Lord knows our thoughts before we think them, before a word is on our tongue. He knows it completely. Read that every day for a month at least. And you will have a sense of how intimate he is with you. And that loneliness will take a different form. It won't be so quite so lonely. Hmm. Yeah, in that regard. That's good. Yeah. I feel like this is a little tangential. I'll take less than 30 seconds. This seems like this has got to be part of our witness as a church to the non-believing world have to be struggling with this existential loneliness and the idea that only God, God is the only one that can yeah. actually meet you there. Some way to communicate, communicate that in a normal way to the world that's existentially lonely. That's, a, that's a, got to be a big part of who we are as a church. That's great, Tammy. I think it's the gospel to your own heart. Mm-hmm. It's the gospel to one another, and it's the gospel to everybody that you just mm-hmm. described. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same gospel for everybody. Yeah. I need to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Is there another level of loneliness now that we, loneliness that we experience though that we kind of inflict on ourselves above? I mean, is that possible? Because I think about in terms of mental health and. The secrecy, the the shame, or the guilt that might oh, be Miles, associated just going. with it. Okay. Okay. So there's actually. Yeah. We we are going for a third segment. I'm sorry. We're going for a third segment because she's doing it. Yes, there is, and it has to do with the our society's burgeoning victim mentality, and the unwillingness to take ownership in what we do, and it all comes as a result of undealt with shame that goes sideways, and then what happens is, we buy into so much of what society is telling us in terms of this victim mentality. And so you don't really know, you can't really know. We do this sort of push-pull thing to other people. I want you to know, but then when you try to know, you you are not doing a good enough job knowing. And you are right. Mm. Then we, we actually erect our own prisons and blame other people for not coming in. Absolutely. Mm your fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next one. I think we can skip the one uh, one I'm going to see. Okay, I feel like if my faith was stronger, I wouldn't be struggling emotionally. Is that right? So that question is huge, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So again, I'm so glad the person that wrote that did. If I feel like my faith was stronger, I wouldn't be struggling emotionally. Listen, this is how I wrote it, and I want to make sure to read it the way I wrote it. There are days when the press of the brokenness that we face when that press demands strong emotional engagement, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and response. And so I think, no. There are times when the griefs of this life and the pain of this world demands a significant emotional response. I think about Jesus himself, right? Father, would you take this cup from me? I do not think that was an intellectual exercise. I do not think he was tame and um, had a pleasant smile on his face when he was engaging with that reality of the broken world that he was mm-hmm. entering in with, right? Father, take this cup for me. Uh, when he was in processing the, the weakness of his best friends, couldn't you have stayed with me for a night? I don't think he was like, dadgummit, guys. <laughs> Right? Uh, when he had anger in the temple and even hyperhidrosis, right? He was, uh, excuse me, what's it called? Hydra, hydra, not hyperhidrosis. Hydrahydrosis, whatever that is, where you sweat blood, blood. 
because of an emotional state. Yeah. So for us to think that I, if I am really, really a faithful person, I'm not going to have strong emotional responses, flies in the face of our very Jesus. Mm. So let's out with that <laughs> immediately, right? Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. There's a way in which we can emotionally walk about this planet and still have the peace that comes with knowing Jesus overcomes it, but emotionally engage with all the full range of emotions, including the bad ones. <laughs> oh my gosh. If there's, if, there's a, if there's a short list of things that the church has done horribly wrong over the years, this is one of them, where if you're faithfully strong, you don't have any emotion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have any strong emotion. To, to, to try to build a faith community that says, everything's fine all the time, nothing affects me too deeply or too gravely, I never get upset, that's what makes me faithfully strong, is like about as unhealthy as it gets. That's right? exactly what I was taught and I adopted really quickly as faith looks like this. Right, mm -hmm. or this. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I've, what God has been so gracious to teach and this lesson is available to everybody. The, the recognition of your need and your weakness and, and just how fickle your faith actually is and yet we have one that is always faithful that's, that's yeah. here for us. Yeah. And re it, it's, it's such an upside down yeah. from what's normally yeah. taught. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And let me tie to it. Sorry. No, 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 please go. Let me tie to what you said about, um, what did you say when, when uh, Lisa asked the question about does it go deeper than existential um, aloneness? You said something about. Her point is do we do it to ourselves? And you said this, this sort of prison, this sort of yeah. separation, mm -hmm. we kind of victim mentality, blah, blah, blah. People are having a harder and harder time actually handling one another's emotions, our true feelings when we're upset about something. We can't have a, like a dialogue about something, right? So you've got that creating emotion. But God, on the other hand, says, bring it. Bring it. Have bring you it. read the Psalms of Lament? Bring it. Like, Have you put them in modern-day vernacular? Yeah, yeah. This, is the, this is the thing. This is what I want to say is, where, where relationships continue to become more and more fragile based on what you think and what you feel. If you don't think this way, you don't feel this way, you don't care this way, you don't have this passion, you don't have that passion, the, the relationship's going to break down or they're going to be dismissed because you don't care. It's the exact opposite for God. You can be completely out of a line. You could be, your emotions could be wrongly strong. And, Jesus, and God is like, come on. Yep. Pour out your heart, young man. I'm not going anywhere. God is completely faithful to handle whatever. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm All serious. Right. I'm serious. I just, I just keep wanting to go off. I think about, okay, so in the Psalms, the Psalms, think about what the Psalms were. They were all songs, songs used in worship. Yeah. Songs. <laughs> have you looked at some of those Psalms of Lament? Yeah. Put those in modern-day vernacular and think it. about singing that to yeah. God. Hey, God, Where you sold you, me down the river. river. <laughs> you know, I mean, can you imagine using that as a word? And what does that tell us about our God? He's there. He would rather have us up close and personal, absolutely screaming in his face, because we only yell at people really? we really trust. Yeah. I've only yelled at one person in my life. I've never, I don't yell yep. at people. I've I'm very polite to everybody except for 
life. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> Isn't that true? We only yell at people. We only really get in the, pe- the face of people we really trust. And our God is saying, I'm going to consider that worship. I want relationship. I Above want relationship. All else, I want yeah. a real, Bring it. truthful relationship with you. He I, knows I, it anyway. That's right. I mean, that's right. You're not hiding anything. I, I think this is this is especially. <laughs> I like how Lisa says. I, he, knows he knows it anyway. anyway. So. So. I don't want. I don't want to say that any one um, demographic struggles more or less. But, yeah, don't do that. But I'm just speaking as a man. I know that this whole thing is extremely hard to engage. Um, like, like the, the recognition of new and different ways in which I wanted to escape the problem mm-hmm. through 2020 and, and then dealing with, with um, first having to go through a season of, I can't, I'm so disappointed in myself. Like, that's, that's even a thing. And then having to be like, Lord, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you that I can bring this to you now. Mm-hmm. You've given me this opportunity to repent of something and mm-hmm. to confess mm-hmm. and to come into the gospel with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but having to like work through this exercise of I know this is right and good and true, but I sure don't feel like this first question mm. about I think this way and yet I feel this mm-hmm. way. Mm. Guys, uh, I'm calling out guys, and for the guys that I hang out with, you know, I'm not naming any names, but we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. This recognition of as a man, I should actually engage this transparently mm-hmm. and vulnerably, mm-hmm. but instead I'm trying to construct a way that I can disengage from it or escape or stiff arm it mm-hmm. or just gloss over it and you know beat my chest over it and, with a smile. And it's just so unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, that's not what true manhood is. The yeah. level, Which, level of video game usage is directly proportional to the level of emotional disengagement. I'm, I'm just going to throw that <laughs> That out. was my thing. Uh, there's a book that called was Cry. My thing. Escapism. I'm telling yeah. you, it's just fascinating. There's a book called Cry of the Soul that has to do with emotional like engagement. Is that Dan Allender? And it's Dan Allender and Tremper Longman. It was written by two dudes. There's also another book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It was also written by a male. Good book. And Pete Scazzaro. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. What were you going to say? Well, this is another beach ball thing. Like, if you're, emo- if you're having emotions and you're stuffing them for any reason, spiritual, you think it's spiritually healthy to not share your strong emotions, whatever, you are, it's leading to emotional unhealth, mental unhealth, spiritual unhealth. So the answer to question number three, in one sense, is don't be afraid. Don't call strong emotions struggling. It's just what it, it's just, it just is. Mm-hmm. Be, 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 okay. All right, what do we think, Lisa? Next question. Yeah, be real. All right, so there is a common assumption that mental health struggles, uh, depression, anxiety, equates to poor spiritual health. How would you respond to someone with this assumption? I would say that mental health struggles could actually, could actually mean that you are engaging this world in a more real way. This isn't too dissimilar, right? Correct, it's not too dissimilar. Then some folks that call themselves Christians who are not engaging the brokenness of this world to the degree that you are. Are you with me? I mean, it's very grievous and sad and, and uh, yeah, heartbreaking to engage the, the pain and the brokenness of the world, this world in some way. There's not a direct relationship between the two, though. I think that's what's really important okay. to say. There's not a direct relationship between the two. You can have poor spiritual health and have good mental health and great spiritual health and poor mental health. They can be separate. Yeah. There are factors like genetic predisposition and circumstantial variables, mm. the brokenness of others mm-hmm. around you, the wounds that you've suffered in this life. 
Yeah. So they are separate. Yeah. yeah. Like, for instance, for someone with significant mental health struggles to step foot inside a church, to crack open their Bible or to reach out a fr to a friend for prayer is maybe a more massive faith step mm -hmm. than for someone to write a $10,000 check to the church. Mm -hmm. So, that's good. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go into the next one. Why is it so hard to share with others that I'm not okay? Uh, that's easy in this regard. Shame, shame, shame is at work in every believer's life. Don't ask if it's at work in my life, ask how. Because shame was present in the garden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the garden. And so, right? They were naked and unashamed. Sin entered the world. What did they do? Covered themselves and... We've been baited with shame ever since. So what is shame? Shame is this sense of, it is not okay to be messed up in the way that I'm messed up. It is not okay to have the kind of struggles I have. The way that I think, the, way, the, little, the little twisted way that I think, the little like lustful way that I like, like that, the little like judgmental way that I like get off and like looking down that way, that is no way. No way can anybody ever know that. Judging yourself? Is that shame? Shame is judging yourself? Shame is that the way that I sin is like somehow more reprehensible than the way, even if a person has the same kind of sin as, as I do, mine's somehow just worse. Yeah. And that is what hell is just like, yes, it is, it is. You gotta hide, you gotta hide, you gotta hide. So that's why, mm. you know, this and what'd you say, this yeah. is more so rampant yeah. in the church. Because yep. evil's like beating the hide drum. Wear a mask, wear a mask. I can't tell you how many churches I've been to and I've done surveys with men and women alike and it's been like, what's the most common mask put on the church? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine, yeah. So, shame. That's why. That's why it's so hard to share with others that I'm not okay because shame is being offered us and pelted at us all so the time. So, in reference to mental health then, to combat shame would be to bring it to light, mm -hmm. to talk about it. Okay. It disempowers it. Okay, how about, um, how can we ease our way back into normalcy? Plans, schedules, juggling, getting busy again without experiencing too much anxiety. <laughs> right? We sort of referenced this a little bit ago, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't. I'm gonna, don't. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, you know, reference what we did, which is let anxiety teach you with the idea, that idea that anxiety signals an uncertain goal, right? So that you might not be sure why you are doing this. Why? Why am I letting my schedule fill up again? Why am I saying yes to all the things I, that we had in our schedule before? I might, we might not be thinking through this. We might just be settling back in, mm -hmm. right? Choose wisely. Don't do the things just because everyone else is doing them just because they're open back up. There are very, very few things in life you actually have to, to do, mm -hmm. right? If you're stressed right now with your schedule, it's because you said yes to it. Yeah. Right? So if you're saying yes to it, then call it blessed stress and go into it with the gratitude and joy of I'm busy right now, but I'm so thankful. Because I, I chose it. This. I chose it. I chose it, and I'm so thankful for what it is. But if it's actually anxiety, 
and it's taking you down, would you allow anxiety to be your teacher and realize it's, it's counter to another goal I have, and that's why I'm not doing well. I'm actually bowing to some other god here. I'm actually answering to something else that I don't want to, and I'm just not listening to my real, my mm. true self, my real guide. Is anxiety sort of akin to an expression of fear, or are those different categories? Anxiety is always related to fear. And so, of course, you'd look at what am I afraid of, right? You always That's follow to the, the operating root of fear. question. For so it me. has to do with fear of man in this case, mm -hmm. fear of you know FOMO, right? Fear of being left out, fear of not being enough, fear of being seen as not a good parent, not a good participant, not a good society member, not a good whatever. So it could be, it could be, you're saying anxiety is a result of uh, an, an, of an, an uncertain a goal, uncertain goal. Um, an unclear, an unclear goal, even. Anxiety signals. Signals, an unclear goal. Could it signal a wrong goal? Anxiety like, is trying to, could be trying to tell you, hey, you, you're, you're aiming not at sure. the wrong thing yeah, here. You're not sure. You need to back up. This whole conversation is about awareness, it seems like. Uh -huh. Being aware of the impact. This is where you started. You've got to be aware of the impact that mm -hmm. this had on us. Could be emotional, could be spiritual, could be wrong goal. What are your goals? What are you firing at here, yeah, I can see someone feeling the anxiety of all these things that are coming back into their life, and they don't know what their goal is, or, or there's a goal of pleasing something, and that anxiety, they start to try to control something, okay, now I'm getting control of all this, so now I'm a slave master and getting all this done, to actually do need to get control, but not like that. Like, what are you really aiming at here? You've got to kind of get some clarity about why am I doing what I'm doing? Well, and anxiety should I be doing, is... Should I be doing what I'm doing? Anxiety is signal, signaling, like, why you can't actually get control. But try we try. That's the right. thing is you talk about coming out sideways. We need to get control of something there, but we try to get control of it some other way, and you haven't really gotten to the root of it, mm -hmm. which is really wrong. Yeah. That's good. It's great. Are it's you good. learning a lot? Uh, I am. Well, it's, con <laughs> it's confirming a lot. Like these, these suspicions, these realizations in my own life, in my own walk, the things I'm hearing from others. Uh, and, and this confirmation is actually very affirming yeah. and, and comforting in a way because it, it just, it, it affirms that, okay, you're on the right path. Mm. Keep going, you yeah. know. You did hear God's voice. Keep saying yes to that. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's, I know that, but it's good to hear and be reminded yeah. of that. I'm learning you know? a ton. I'm learning a ton. I mean, which to me is evidence of how much further I have to go. It's been one hour conversation. I think I'm twice as mentally healthy as I was before the conversation started. <laughs> <laughs> I read a couple chapters on emotional health last week and podcasting about it, and I'm like catapulting to great, you know, just over these little bit, like these little things are super helpful. Super yeah, helpful. I agree. What's next, Lise? Hey, uh, what can I do to find emotional balance? One day I'm depressed and I don't know, uh, I don't want to leave the house. The next day I'm better, ready to tackle the world. And the next day I find that I'm apathetic and really don't care about much. Yeah, again, thank you for whoever put themselves mm -hmm. out there for this question. It's great. Yeah. I'm going to say it's about how you approach or view your emotions. Okay? So there's an assumption here. There's a view of emotions. And so I'm going to say your emotions should not be what give you balance or not in your life. Mm. 
you are not balanced upon your emotions or not. Your emotions are more like, they need to be more like the color commentary of your life, not the foundation. That's great. Mm-hmm. Not, not the, not the, uh, yeah, not the foundation of your life. They are welcome additions. They sit in the room with you, but they don't take over the center of the action. Dallas Willard said, uh, feelings are wonderful servants, but disastrous masters. Mm-hmm. Okay? So tolerating unpleasant emotion is a skill that every one of us has to learn to develop. I don't want to. That is what most people say. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not yeah. fun doing it. Tolerating yeah. unpleasant emotion. I'd rather just not have emotion. Right, and especially not unpleasant ones. Yeah, like let's just get rid of it. Tolerating unpleasant emotion, it is ru- it's at a rub with what our culture wants to do with it. Uh, our symptom relief culture. And grief would be considered an unpleasant emotion Correct. to most people. It's yeah. painful. It's painful. Tolerating unpleasant emotions is a part of emotional maturity and mental health. Okay? So tolerating unpleasant emotion is a skill to be developed, okay? Our world today finds that anathema, as if it is wrong to tolerate something unpleasant until it passes, right? I mean, I think this went along, this is too big of a discussion to get into, but I think this went along with the shift in our world that happened mm, 15, 20 years ago where we started to filter truth through experience. Remember when that happened? No. Okay, so we won't. Oh, well, I might not be the only. I just don't exactly. We started fil- when we started filtering as a society, rather than experience got filtered through truth. Remember the little fact. Okay, I, I understand the concept. Yeah. yeah, I just don't remember that being a thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Now, truth, truth gets filtered through the experience. Have you met oh, gotcha. the younger yes. generation? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right. So yeah. part of emotional resilience is learning to tolerate unpleasant emotion. What's true? We do not mature unless okay. we. We do not mature. We do not develop emotional resilience unless we learn to tolerate unpleasant emotion. Listen, young ladies uh, who grow into women have to absolutely learn to tolerate. They learn the skill whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a cycle that has to do with the hormonal development in their body. Mm-hmm. And they have got to learn the cycle, the hormonal development in their body. And they learn, oh, there's a certain portion of time that I've got to learn to tolerate certain feelings in my body and emotions that go along with it because I know it passes. Mm-hmm. They learn that skill whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. How well they manage it, how well they learn it, yeah. they get familiarized with it. Yeah. Okay? That's the same kind of thing. Emotions all wax and wane. Every one of them. Mm. Every one of them wax and wane. But if you don't learn to tolerate the vicissitudes of emotion, right? Yeah. yeah. Then and you're going to misinterpret what it means. And you're going to live and die by it. Rather than just be like, oh, that's the color commentary in my life. I'm still here, and some days it feels great, the ride feels good, and some days it doesn't. But I'm still here. Mm. My emotions are, some days they're helping me out, and some days they're not. Yeah. This is a hugely pragmatic truth uh, from my perspective. I mean, as you were talking about, I mean, even thinking about how nutrition impacts your emotional state from moment to moment. Absolutely. there's something in our cultural dialogue where we want to divorce the pragmatic reality of something and then uh, maybe inflate the nature of, um, well, just get over that. That's how you make it better. When, no, this, this very pragmatic reality has a direct, our physical health has a direct impact on our mental state of being, our emotional state of being, our spiritual state of being. 
And to neglect that or dismiss that or minimize it or trying to hide it, um, you're just doing a disservice to the entire system of how we've been created, mm. how we've been designed as mm -hmm. human beings. Our physicality matters a lot. Absolutely. So the practicality, you're saying, I have that loss in my life. I now have grief. That's a practical thing that has this effect. I think it has a physical impact. Physical oh, absolutely. Too. Well, whatever. It's just like, it's the same concept. It's like, when you make, there's a practical thing. Yeah. That practical thing actually has this effect. I can't, I can deny it. Mm -hmm. I can push it underwater. But I need to acknowledge, and I'm going to have to deal with it. So, for the astute listener, you realize we've done both sides of the equation today. Suppression is unhealthy. Yeah. Right? Also, indulgence is unhealthy. Mm. Yeah. when it comes to emotional states. Yeah. They both create an imbalance yeah. that then causes uh, basically yeah. unhealth yeah. because we, when we act out of an imbalance, then we do unhealthy things. Yeah, it almost seems like the, what'd you call this one? Suppression. It almost seems like the suppression ends up causing the over-emotion because you're not dealing with what, the, what you should deal with. Not always. Not always, yeah. Okay, so the short answer to number seven one day I'm depressed and I don't want to leave the house, and the next day I'm ready to tackle the world, and the next day I'm apathetic and there's no care much. In general, without minimizing it is, yeah, that's just life. It's okay. That's okay. That you might be a person that has more extreme emotional swings. But that's not necessarily unbalanced or wrong. It just is. It just is. You've got to learn yourself and you learn might have to do with something. yourself rather than against yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But don't make wrong conclusions based upon your emotions. Yeah. Don't make wrong conclusions about yourself. Don't make wrong conclusions about God. And don't make wrong conclusions about, your, about life based upon your emotions. All right. So we're at one, minute, one hour and 17 minutes. So we would normally be wrapping up. Um, I don't think it's a problem if we go another five minutes, yeah. unless you think that minimizes the last few questions. What do you think, Tammy? What do you want to do? We can do five minutes. And, and just kind of hit them all, or what do you think, Lise? I don't think we can hit them all. <laughs> I, think, I don't think we would do them justice yes. to try to do them all. I do feel like I need to mention, though, in that piece of it with the emotional balance, yeah. Is there a component there that we talk about our mind, the renewal of our mind, and the, how Truth. that fits into it? Because maybe the emotional balance isn't, doesn't equate to what is actually happening sure. that, that would lead to that emotional sure. response. And it does make, because I'm speaking for myself, um, to look at that and to say, does that make sense mm -hmm. to have that response? Yeah. Where is my mind? Mm -hmm. Now, do I have the mind of Christ in the middle yeah. of it? it? Have I renewed my mind? Am I conforming to the patterns of the world, or am I transformed mind? So what does that look like, and, and what component that plays in it? Sure. It, it, short answer, it simply does, surely does. You, you're saying these persons should be taking stock of how I've been impacted, what's going on, what am I believing, what am I not believing, and there is some, there is some part of this where dealing with the truth. This isn't too far from what you're saying. There is a practical thing that's yeah. true, and you have to put that into the equation, because if you don't, you could be swaying all over. There is some truth. In today's world, maybe that's a, something that needs to be stated more often than not, is there is yeah. some actual truth that's causing some of the problems. Well, so I love it, Lisa, that you brought that up. You referred to Romans 12, too, which says, do not, be, uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, which says huge emotional swings should be indulged, right, for the most part. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
I love the word transformed. It doesn't say feel just a little bit better. It doesn't say just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to, whatever. It says be transformed. So, yeah, to the person who is feeling like I am not good, depressed, or I am like sky high today. Transformed is like, I'm not sure I should be sky high or sky low or way low. Um, to take every thought captive, to make it obedient to the knowledge of Christ, right? So that's 2 Corinthians 10, 5, yeah. which is, what am I thinking about? Yeah. What am I thinking about? How are my thoughts, what, what am I allowing my thoughts to dwell on that could be causing me to be so down here or so not in touch with reality up here, right? What am I doing? And when you think about what you're thinking about, and you're like, oh, do those match with the truths of God and the thoughts of God, so to speak? And if they do, very, okay, that's okay then. Your emotional state is just what it is. If they don't, well, then you have to replace them. You know, you have to replace them with the thoughts of Christ. And then what happens is your emotional state can follow. It's awesome. Yeah. I think today we, we've done a good job addressing, like, okay, there is a problem. And since we're out of time, how about we close it with, with some encouragement of some things that people can do? Would that be possible? Sure, absolutely. I'll throw out the ones that I have that I feel like that can connect it with FISTA and yeah. kind of what we're doing. One, we want to encourage everybody to be in community. That's one of the first things that, you know, for healing is to be in community. We've got life groups and Bible studies. We, we meet together. So there's opportunities for that. Um, also, talk to someone. Tell someone. Tell a friend. Tell your spouse. Tell someone you're struggling you can reach out to a pastor, you can reach out to whoever it is, but don't wait. Um, when I think about that 8% of those leaders that said um, they don't basically had rather die, don't wait till tomorrow. You can reach out to somebody today and we want you to do that. Um, extend grace. I mean, it's so important right now that we receive grace and we extend grace, that we lower our expectations of each other and that we live in that space of being able to just continually just lower our expectations. Don't look for people to, to, to be perfect. To be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen right now. We aren't operating at our best. And even if we were, it's still not going to be perfect. Yeah, so, right. um, and also at the bottom of the screen, there's going to be two links, one where people can sign up uh, for a blessed group. So if you're not in a group, you can get in a blessed group. Also, there's going to be another link because we're really excited that in the fall, we're going to offer some forums and some groups that are going to be spiritual and mental health forums and groups. Good. We want to see kind of what level of interest we get. Just go, just click on the link, click the ones that you might be interested in. We're going to kind of see where this goes. Yeah. Um, the topics are going to vary. Um, some of them will be one time. Some of them, it can be a group. It could be nine weeks long. And that emotional, spiritual, healthy that you were talking about with Pete Scarzero. Scarzero. Mm -hmm. That's going to be one of awesome. the groups that we do. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. So engage mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. Tammy, do you want to? Uh, yeah, I think I just want to throw out some blanket sort of helps, um, not specific like Lisa's. Um, just some encouragement, really. Pay attention to all aspects of yourself. You're an emotional being, a physical being, a sexual being, a spiritual being, an intellectual being, a relational being. Think about all of those on a bar graph and try to assess, where am I at with those? How am I nurturing all those? And if you're paying attention to only one aspect or two aspects, and all, what's going on with all the other aspects? And assess those. 
and maybe start to think about how can I nurture those other aspects of myself? Mm. So assess those, pay attention to all aspects of yourself. And remember this, this is really, really important, especially in light of some of the things we talked about today. All of life is lived on the two rails, like a train, of joy and grief, peace and pain, however you want to say it. And so there's been a lot of grief this year, right? But there's also joy right there. You can experience those two things simultaneous. And you might be a person that keens one way or the other, but life, all of life, even in the worst moments, you can still find joy. And even in the moments of great joy, there's still loss and pain. And so that might be the thing that you need to hear right now, um, to be a person that is able to live life in those spaces with that tension. That might be the most helpful thing for you to realize because you haven't figured out how to navigate the new sense of loss that you have. That is okay. That is real life. Mm. And maybe you're more in touch with that now because of the pandemic than you've ever been. I want to remind you to be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> There's a verse in Hebrews that says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. And I think right now, apply that to yourself. Mm. Um, people are pretty hard on themselves. And usually I tend to call people to account for being pretty easy on themselves. Not right now. You need to be kind to yourself and realize Okay, we got to live forward from here. Yes, you got to take ownership for what you can. But in the meantime, don't be so hard on yourself about the ways in which that you're not doing so great. That's okay. Let's move forward under the kindness of God. But be kind to yourself in the process. And yeah, take ownership. It's always better to take ownership hmm. of what you can. Take responsibility for what you can. Right? <laughs> it's your life. And you can do it. And you have the power of God. And I want to remind you of something, too, that you might not have heard recently. And I'm going to tell you this, because I can tell you this. I can tell you this. The work works. It works. I wish I had, like, a ton of people to be able to give you testimonials right now for how the work works. So something is always better than nothing. So maybe today it's a big deal for you to read a verse. Right? Maybe today it's a big deal for you to just even try to list out a loss or two that you've had this past year or admit I'm sad that, mm, I'm mad that, mm, fill in the blank. These are small things, but they're big things when it comes to doing the work. Keep moving. Keep moving. The work works. And remember, you have the power of God in you. If you've said yes to Christ and his salvation, he dwells in you now, and he is faithful to that which he has begun in you. So don't ever doubt the power of God inside you. Yeah. It's good stuff, Tammy. Yeah. You want to go next, and then I'll just wrap it up. Yeah. Plus, you um, had some things you said you wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. At the beginning. I, uh, yes. Well, anyway, two resources. Uh, life support page at vistacommunitychurch.org. And in the midst of that page, you'll see a reference to drtammysmith.com. Com. Uh, a wealth of resources. So um, mm -hmm. That's what you uh, definitely tap into that. Um, and uh, just as a guy speaking to, to guys out there, who, and I know even being in the space, it's not exactly a dialogue I want to participate in, but um, be the kind of guy that rejects the, the definition of this world that tells you what a man is. Be the kind of man who engages Scripture. Be the kind of man who realizes that God placed these men in Scripture with all of their weaknesses, all of their failures, all of their lamenting and crying and screaming and their childishness as an example of 
how you can still come to the Lord in the midst of that. And true manhood is about, I think, even beginning to admit your own weakness mm -hmm. as a man. Mm -hmm. The world tells you that you have to power up, that you have to beat your chest, that you have to keep a smile on your face and say everything's fine. That's not biblical manhood, and that's not the freedom that God has designed for men. So mm -hmm. receive these words as best you can. I know it's a struggle, but please engage that struggle. Mm -hmm. it's, it's totally worth it. The work, what'd you say? The work? The work works. The work works. That's awesome. The yeah. work works. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I think I would finish by saying, um, don't be afraid. God is a good God. He wants to take care of you. Uh, he wants to see you through. People are going to let you down. It's going to happen. Even the ones that are meaning well. Um, don't be afraid. God has got you. So open up. Be honest. Don't be afraid to be aware of what's going on. Take the steps that these folks have outlined for you. The truth will eventually set you free. Amen. It will. Don't be afraid. God wants to do something amazing with your life, with the community that you're in. So many different ways that we can find the help that we need. Don't be afraid. Trust God. And you will get into that process that Paul promised in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Um, you will be transformed continually and perpetually transformed. That is the most wonderful space to be in, is just getting better, becoming more like Jesus, right? And we do that starting with awareness and action and trusting God in it all. This has been amazing. Thank you, Dr. Tammy. Mm -hmm. Some great stuff. Lisa, you started this conversation for us months mm -hmm. and months ago. Thank you. Um, way overdue for us. And thank you for responding to God the way you have, the way sure. you're lining things up, um, setting us in the right direction. Thanks for orchestrating so much around the church, Chris. You're doing a phenomenal job. Um, remember, uh, get launched into Bless, the Bless book if you're in one of those groups. Link if you want to get into a group. Read the introduction in chapter one. And this Sunday, we're going to launch into chapter two. Great to have you. Thanks for sticking with us. God bless you.